Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. I'm coming to y'all from uh, the Live and direct. Live and direct from a state out west. Uh, tonight exactly. I'm abandoning all of these uh, all of these sports related stuff that I've been doing here in Las Vegas, and I'm going to be going to the Venetian Hotel where the national tour of Ooh, six is having a stop yes. for like a month. It's interesting because it's the same tour I've seen three times already. It's the same group because they've got two tours, but this is um, the Aragon Tour, the first national tour, which I've seen twice in Orlando, once in Fort Myers. Yeah. Same group, but very excited to see it in what is a fairly intimate uh-huh. space. It's kind of interesting that it's going to a hotel on the Strip. Um, and yeah. I, I'm interested about that. I think and it's the tickets a good are not show expensive. for it, too, though. Like, yeah, that's, that's a good fit. Also, not a surprise that you've already seen this version of the tour three times. Because there's be the fourth. bound to be overlap, considering how many times you've seen the show in general. Right. <laughs> but I haven't seen the other tour yet. I mean, the other tour just launched, actually launched yeah. here in Las Vegas last ah, fall. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't, gotten, it hasn't gotten far enough east yet for me to see it. But I'm sure I will eventually. But there will be time um, for you to see it at least ten times, I'm Sure. At least. Yeah. I mean, I'm up to seven. Tonight will be seven yeah. times that I've seen six. <laughs> so um, anyway, in other news, this we're obviously recording before this actually happens. But by the time you hear this, Wicked will have officially passed Cats to become the fourth longest running show in Broadway history. That means Wicked will have played its 7,486th performance dating back to its first preview on October 8th, 2023. Um Actually, do you want to guess? And this, the math is not going to be exact because schedules are a little different and, you know, who knows what changes. But just roughly, do you want to guess when Wicked would have to play to to pass Phantom of the Opera as the longest running show in Broadway oh, history? no, I don't. <laughs> don't make me do I mean, math as a journalist. That's, that's fair. already that's upsetting. Fair. Yeah, not our kind of journalism. It no, would no. be somewhere mid to late November of 2038. Uh, my math puts Ugh. it at November 21st, um, but that is, you know, that can ebb and flow depending on, you know, if they do shortened weeks or longer weeks around different holidays and yeah. uh, and stuff like that. So, but somewhere in the, the third-ish week of November of 2038. I was so. going to say the early 40s, so I mean, I, I'll, I'll yeah. take that that's close enough also to be yeah. talking about the early 40s and being in referring to a time in the future is and not my age upsetting <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway uh, hopefully you will be continuing to hear all of the news about the broadway here on broadway radio in 2038 if you want to help uh. make sure that we do that head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio broadway radio.com slash patreon all right when this got announced on Tuesday. Uh, Ashley can attest. I sent the group text something that just said. Yeah. As soon as it came through, oh shit, three exclamation points with a link. All caps. Yes. Um, A a link to an article that not only is there a stage musical adaptation of the film Death Becomes Her working its way to Broadway, which is something I've actually known for a while. Yeah. Yeah. This is something, as we'll talk about, this is not a new development, um, but it's in a different form. But... The cast for this upcoming reading is absolutely iconic. The cast will feature Megan Hilty, Jennifer Next. Samard, and mm. Christopher Sieber playing yes. playing the Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis roles, which is 
I mean, just perfect as it is. Natch, yeah, but, makes sense. But but then you get you know Pussycat Doll and Masked Singer Detective Nicole Scherzinger. <laughs> yeah, of course. Former former Kinky Boots star Kevin Smith Kirkwood. And then you've got the great Marissa Rosen and my friend Ellen Marie Marsh yeah. in there as well, yeah. which is very, very, very well. exciting. It is so good. Um, and what is interesting about this, the show is being uh, directed and choreographed by Christopher Catelli, who is fantastic. So that'll be really interesting. It features a book by a man named Marco Pinity or, or Pinnett. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I don't know of a ton of theater credits for him, but he has a ton of TV writing, producing and show running credits. Most recently, he show ran, um, Be Positive, which was the Annalie oh, Ashford yeah. TV show. Mm-hmm. He was also CBS, a co-executive right? producer, C- CBS, yeah, another CBS sitcom, um, mom. He was the co-executive producer on, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. a, a co-executive producer on, uh, Desperate Housewives, Samantha Who. He was the he was the EP for a certain number of seasons on Ugly Betty, um, so lots of really good, interesting women led TV shows. Caroline in the City, yeah, dating all the way back to point. the nineties. I love that. Um, but what I that's great. I love that. You know, very interesting. What I think is super compelling about this though is the team writing the music and lyrics is Julia Madison and Noel Carey. Julia Madison mm-hmm. is somebody who is. A Broadway vet. She was in the Broadway revival of Godspell, but her and, and, and her writing partner, Noel Carey, have been doing these like comedy. They've been doing comedy writing. They've, they've been doing sketches and songs. I think they did something with Audible, um, at the Minetta Lane a couple of years ago. I think and so, yeah. She, and, and like she's, she's great in cabarets and like has characters yes, and all this stuff. Very much. Super, super funny and smart. And this musical was originally announced back in 2017. So we knew this was coming, but at the time it yeah. had featured Kristen Chenoweth and who I'd actually heard was still attached as recently as last fall. And I'd actually heard. Yeah. She was- we talked about it some point. I don't remember if it was on air or privately. It, I think it was off. It was yeah. off. Um, because this was not information for the public consumption, but I think it was at the time it was going to be her and <laughs> that Stephanie us. J block. Yeah. Well, not, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was, it was her and SJB. Um, and obviously that didn't come to fruition. Kristen Chenoweth has moved on to other projects and, and obviously busy, busy. Uh, Stephanie is always busy. But what I'd heard at the time was as great as those people were, they hadn't actually done it yet, but I heard the, the show is like incredible. Like I heard the, sh- the, the, the script right. is great. Yeah. The music is really good. Um, so this is one that appears to be moving towards Broadway fairly quickly. Um, and it seems no hard to fail from everything you just said, as far as yeah. the writing team on both the, the music slash lyrics and the book side, you have somebody who not only, as you said, very important has been showrunner or writing or executive producing on series that are set centered around and led by women, but also comedy series at that. So you know yeah. they have the, the chops and then an excellent music writing team. It seems on paper incredibly hard to fail. Of course, that's, you know, <laughs> we, we've seen Never better. We've before, exactly. Yeah. We've seen better, better teams, better shows fall apart at the seams much easier. But everything, especially this cast, it just, it seems like the dream team. Yeah, I will, I will note they did give the character names specifically for, um, Kevin Smith Kirkwood's characters and Nicole Scherzinger's character. Mm. Um, 
they are not names from the film, but Ooh, interesting. I think, yeah. So Nicole Scherzinger is playing Viola Van Horn. I'm going to guess that that is the Isabella Rossellini character from the film, yeah, who was Liesl so, Von Ruman. Mm-hmm. So maybe they changed the name for that. And the Kevin Smith Kirkwood character is Xander Medley. I get, Great name. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's a great drag name, too. I was um, just thinking that. Yes, correct. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the uh, Ian Ogilvy character, Adam Stork character. I don't remember. the. I mean, the movie came out in yeah. like 1992, I think, and I've seen it once many, many years ago. So I don't remember all those details, but I do think what? it was interesting that they – what. I don't, I don't watch things multiple times very oh much. Oh my but God. Anyway, I, so I don't know what the, those characters are, but I think the Isabella Rossellini to Nicole Scherzinger comp is very that makes easy because of the, the yeah. character names are similar, but interesting. I'm excited. I will definitely Extremely be looking forward to this and I so. hope it's as good. Yeah. Hilti I hope it's as good as everyone said. Alone. Megan well, Hilti and in, uh, yeah, Samard and Sieber together again. Like, I mean, how, how could yeah. that ever be bad? How could <laughs> that ever bad be thing. bad? Absolutely yeah. never and, a bad thing. And maybe they'll actually let Jennifer Smart have a solo in this in this show. Well, you know, when, since she didn't get one in not, company. Yeah, truly. When she wasn't on in the Joanne track, at least. Yeah, that's true. She, she was a Tony nominee in a musical without having a song of her own. So, anyway. Boss, bitch. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some show and casting news. Uh, yesterday, Audible announced uh, new dates for the upcoming three-night off-Broadway run of Universe, Y-O-U-Niverse, starring Titus Burgess and Jane Krakowski, obviously long-time uh, pair and duo from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and now they are both starring in Schmigadoon. This show will run again just for three nights at the Manetalane Theater, and it will run from July 27th through the 29th, rather than the previously announced June 15th through 17th. The show is said to be filled with music and laughter, and Burgess and Krakowski will attempt to upstage each other and steal the spotlight in a double booking. Through a blend of song and storytelling, they'll stop at nothing until they realize their talents can be put better to use uniting the world the two will clash and collaborate with <laughs> dueling vocals as they sing both pop and theatrical duets. Interestingly enough, Love it. Christopher Gatelli also set to direct this show. Um, nice. I have, yeah, I love that. Um, tickets uh, are available uh, starting now to Audible members, which I am, and tickets will go on sale to the general public on April 13th. So I, since I Should just be a got fun one, I, yeah, I'm thinking about coming to town uh, around that time. So I might have to look into that. Of course. Uh, yeah. Right now. So, <laughs> right now. well, yeah. there's a long Stop story as to why I might do that I- at that time of year, but we'll get to that later if oh, it does sure. happen. Um, moving on to some other news. Yesterday, the Atlantic Theater Company announced the complete cast for the upcoming world premiere musical, um, in uh, Days of Wine and Roses. We already know that the great Kelly O'Hara and Brian Darcy James will be led, uh, will be leading yes. the Adam Gettle and Craig Lucas musical. It'll begin performances, uh, on May 5th. The company will also include Sharon Catherine Brown, Bill English, Olivia Hernandez, Byron Jennings, David Jennings, no relation, um, <laughs> and Ted Coke and Ella Dane Morgan, Stephen Booth, Nicole Ferguson, Scarlett Unger, and Kelsey Watson are the understudies. As we've talked about before, this is adapted from the 1962 film and 1958 teleplay of the same name, Days of Wine and Roses. Um, and it's kind of a, a light the piazza reunion with Gettle and Lucas. Yeah. 
working together again, writing a show together again. Kelly O'Hara was obviously Tony nominated for her performance in that show. This one will feature choreography by Brian reunion. Yes, of course. Uh, Getting them together is always good. Um, Sergio Trujillo and Carla Puno Garcia will, uh, will choreograph. Michael Greif will direct. In other, uh, in other news, we've often talked about this, and this is something that we know Grace Aki is very much excited about. But yesterday, Fathom Events added new dates to the first ever North American screenings of Spirited Away live on stage. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Spirited Away will be in local movie theaters, check your local listings, all of those things. Um, it was only supposed to be on two days because they have two different um, actresses starring in it and they rotate. So they're going to have one on each day, uh, first on the 23rd and first, and then on the 25th of this month, April, they've added new dates that'll also be available on the 27th of April and May 2nd. So you can see uh, two of those will be for one of the leads. Two of them will be for the other one. So you can see, both of them twice or oh, all that. four of them or each yeah. of them once. So they have the opportunity to do that as well. And finally in this, uh, well, I guess before the final newsy item, before we get to the recommendations, um, on Monday night, as we talked about previously, Michael R. Jackson's latest musical, White Girl in Danger, officially opened off Broadway, presented by the Vineyard Theater and Second Stage. It is currently set to run through May 21st. And as we've talked about before, it's, Got a concept that is right up my alley that touches yeah. on soap operas. Made for you. Yes, absolutely. It's directed by Tony Award nominee Liliana Blaine Cruz and choreographed by Raja Feather Kelly. The show, um, as I said, is set to run through May 21st. We can see if there might be opportunities for it to extend or not. And I'm just going to read the, the short description here. It says, tune in to the epic and viciously funny new musical White Girl in Danger, a fever dream mashup of classic daytime and primetime soap operas, lifetime movies, and red hot melodrama. So everything that I'd heard about this show um, kind of is reflected in the reviews. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is that it is un believably messy and not exactly well formed yet but it is in the way that at least i and i think i can speak for you ashley like we want to see shows be messy like there's a difference between being messy because it's just not it's just not well constructed i think this is from what all the reviews say is this is different it's messy because the ideas are there they're just not 100 fully executed yet and there's Um, a lot of them and a lo- yes, a lot of them because it does run pretty close to three hours. And um, I would two rather hours and fifty minutes. Yeah, I would absolutely rather have it be messy with a lot of ideas 100%. than messy with few, which is more often the case than not. Absolutely. Um, I'll run through some of the reviews here. Not a ton of them, and I won't go too long on them. But Jesse Green reviewed it for the New York Times, and you know said some of those things as well, and talked about the performances. But he ended his review saying this. It was, in, it was in any case, an opportunity worth taking. A glance at some of these special thanks in small type in the program gives you a sense of the fascinating breadth of Jackson's high-low influences. Jackie Collins, black musicals, and this is in quotation marks, fine-ass oiled-up men's, soap opera digest, PC slash un-PC slash woke slash anti-woke storylines, cultural neoliberalism and childhood loneliness. You can pretty much feel all, uh, you can pretty much feel them all in white girl, especially when a figure whose identity I won't spoil, and then I'll save the little parenthetical comment he has there, arrives near the end as a kind of deus ex mess to untangle the show's themes. Though that 
proves impossible, his attempt reminds us that ambivalence of all kinds about people and love and stories and theater is not a failure no matter what world you live in, nor is it a success. It's a start. And far be it for me to ever compliment Jesse Green on a review that he writes, but I think that's exactly kind of what we were talking about, Ashley, is that like, this is a show that will go through an evolution. We, we know that Michael R. Jackson worked on a strange loop for like, it's like 15, 18 20 years. years, I think. Yeah, yeah. 18 years. Yeah. So like, I don't expect this to be the final time we ever see this show, and but I hope it is on one that we're this for a while too, I believe. Yes. Absolutely. So I'm hoping that this continues to refine itself during this production off Broadway and then will continue to go through the processes that shows normally do before it ends up in its final form, whether that's out of town, whether that's just, you know, being a regional thing or maybe it re-aims for off Broadway or Broadway. But, um, I kind of yeah. love the idea as this is the starting point. Let me read a couple more short little bits of reviews here. Jackson McHenry of Vulture said, quote, like many soaps, it's also a hot mess, though an ambitious and fascinating one. The musical is overlong and its pacing is disjointed, lingering too long in some situations and then suddenly leaping into others, often hand-waving away logic and character motivation. Director Liliana Blaine Cruz has taken Jackson's already maximal script and gone even bigger. The sets painted in garish acid and blue hues. The blaring sound design obscures a majority of the lyrics, and the performances are dialed up to the realm of that Saved by the Bell episode about caffeine Pills. Jackson, you are speaking my language. Oh, you reference yeah. Saved by the Bell episodes. <laughs> my God. Um, while White Girl in Danger both wants to offer up a soap opera thrill ride and dismantle the ride as it's running, by the end of the show, it has twisted around and smashed into itself. And mm. then finally, this one is you know, what you would expect from Charles Isherwood of the Wall Street Journal saying, quote, <laughs> it's not just the white girls who are in trouble at White Girl in Danger, the musical from Michael R. Jackson, who won the Pulitzer Prize and the best musical Tony for a Strange Loop. The audience is imperiled or at least likely to be seriously baffled by this confused and confusing spoof of soap operas of yesteryear, but also slasher movies of early scream vintage, all loosely wrapped in a woozy and wordy critique of America's racist culture and history. Telling on yourself. Um, anyway, so <laughs> no. I'm excited about this. This will be running just for a couple days unless it extends while I'm in town. So I might try to sneak this in just because, like we said, it's messy. And I know that. And I might end up sitting there like an hour and a half in being like, how have we not gotten yeah, to like right. intermission yet? Um, but like, I'm, I, I think I'm interested enough to see it just because I feel like this is something that says – things that appeal to me in ways that appeal to me. So um, once I get home from Vegas, I'm going to start diving into my May trip. And I think I might have to see what tickets are available for the first weekend that I'm in mm. town. I think we all know this is not the final version of this. And that's I okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That, but it's okay that it's being presented as such in such a big production in New York and sure. still not be the final version. And I think a lot of times people forget about that. That's not to say that it shouldn't be reviewed as a major mm -hmm. production or anything. Um, but I think the one thing that we all kind of took away from a strange loop is just wanting to see more of Michael's ideas. And if they all happen to be packed in this one show and its current version, I'm okay with that. Obviously, I will want changes, but I think personally, I'm going into the show when I finally do see it, just being glad that I get to see more, even if it's more and more and more and more. Eventually, it will yeah. be whittled down into something that I think will be excellent. Yeah. And I think we talked about this at the time when I saw it. You 
enjoyed a strange loop a lot more than I did, but yeah, for, like I didn't, I didn't love the the music and, and some of the stuff. It, like it didn't resonate with me. But what I said at the time was like the execution of his storytelling and the ideas that he packs into things were unbelievable. And that's yep. what I took away from a strange no loop. Doubt. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing more of his stuff. All right, let's get into feel good recommendations on my flight from Orlando to Las Vegas. Actually, two flights because I had a layover in in Houston. I downloaded some episodes and I started to watch uh, the season two premiere of Schmigadoon got a little bit in yeah. before the captain came on and said, Oh, you have to turn off the, the devices. So I haven't finished watching that episode, but I really liked Titus Burgess's, uh, first song. He gets the first number kind of playing a leading player role, like the Ben Vereen character from, from Pippin. But we have some previews of some, uh, some different video or some different numbers from the show. The first one is a look at the aforementioned Jane Krakowski doing the song Bells and Whistles. Um, so we have that in the show notes. That's from the preview. She's also doing like choreography from Hot Honey Rag in Chicago, um, mm. and all of these things. And then I don't know, cause I haven't watched the other episodes. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if this is, is happened yet or, um, I think that might be coming up on April 12th as well, but there's also a hair inspired parody led by Aaron Tivate called everyone's got to get naked, which agreed. I mean, okay, there you go. So, um, <laughs> if you're doing a hair thing, you, everybody's got to get naked. That's everybody's how that works. Everybody's got to so, get naked. Yep. So that, uh, we will have both of those videos in there. I'm gonna take that back. I think the episode is called Bells and Whistles. Uh, I don't know what the song that Krakowski is performing. So mm. uh, I'll just correct that there. But nonetheless, um, she's kind of playing a, a gender flipped Billy Flynn. So Bells and Whistles kind of make sense uh, for that character anyway. But we will have all of that in the show notes if you want to check it out. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, I am giving you all fair warning. Because I am in Las Vegas, I will not be doing review recap episodes because my schedule is so wonky. Bananas. Um, Fat Ham is opening tonight on Wednesday, so we will hit those on Thursday's episode. And then on Thursday... Spoiler alert, as someone who hasn't seen it yet but saw it off-Broadway, it's they're probably good. Yes, they're going to be very good. The reviews... I mean, it's a Pulitzer <laughs> Prize winner. The yeah. reviews are going to be good. Um, and then Thursday night, Camelot will open. We will hit that on Monday's episode. Mm-hmm. So unless something changes, I reserve the right to change and, and do these. But because I'm staying That's with life, my baby. sister and niece, yeah, it, it is what it is. And we don't know what that'll be. But for the last six openings of this Broadway season, um, two next week and then four the following week, mm-hmm. um, we will do kind of the normal uh, review recap episodes as much as humanly possible. So, all right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.